Fellowship Church. Let's Talk is designed to give you some spiritual truth to consider every day, Monday through Friday. Now, why did I do that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Several years ago, I read a little book with that title. Now, why did I do that? I was intrigued by it because it was a question I seemed to ask myself often. I've used the principles I learned in that little book for close to 30 years now, and they're the basis of what we'll consider today. Do our motives really need to be examined? Do we really need to consider why we do something? I believe the biblical answer is a resounding yes. Motives come from our inner person, what the Bible sometimes refers to as the heart, something we know to be of utmost importance to God. Remember this important principle from 1 Samuel 16:7. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. It would be reasonable to conclude then that motives really do matter, that God really does care about our motives because it reflects the condition of our hearts. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15 address this directly as it reveals what God considers the highest motivating factor in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15 say this, For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We know there are plenty of things that could motivate us to perform acts of Christian service or live a godly lifestyle, but there's really only one, as revealed in the verses just, just read, that will endure for the long haul. The only truly adequate motivation must come from outside ourselves. It must come from God himself. So what could possibly be so powerful? Well, only one thing, the very love of Christ, for Christ's love compels us. While other motives might be noble, this is the only one sufficient to endure because it comes from God himself. We may find ourselves performing acts of service because we become aware of a particular need. The need may even be genuine, but if the need alone is why we're responding, we'll likely grow weary by our inability to sufficiently fulfill all the needs. The motivation may be noble, but it's unlikely to endure. We may be motivated by guilt or by fear of punishment. And it might even result in a lifestyle that gives every appearance of godliness. While the result may seem good, it's likely to also produce a great deal of anxiety. Considering such negative side effects, it too does not seem likely to motivate for very long. Could we be sufficiently motivated to acts of service or godly lifestyle by the prospect of a reward? The Bible certainly has much to say about rewards. But ultimately, if this is our only motivation, it seems likely to result in self-centeredness. And there are a few things less desirable than that. Shouldn't our love for God be a sufficient motivator? We know that Jesus identified the greatest commandment to be to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Surely, it must be biblical to be motivated by our love for God. There's certainly no argument that our love for God is a high motivation, 
but it still falls short because it's our love. If we're honest, we know that given the right situation, we might be as disappointed in ourselves as Peter found himself when he denied Jesus. Our love for Christ is simply not that exceptional, because even when our intentions are at their best, we falter. We must conclude, then, that the only pure motivation cannot originate with us. It must come from God Himself. Our highest motivation must come from the fact that He loves. This requires turning the tables away from ourselves on a regular basis and spending time considering and then responding to the amazing reality that God loves us. When we take the time to truly consider the magnitude of what God did by sending His only Son to die for us, we can begin to understand why there is nothing else that could motivate with such purity. No wonder we're instructed to remember this great sacrifice regularly at the communion table. All other motives may carry us along for a while, but nothing can compare to knowing and responding to the depths of God's love. Nothing else could possibly compel us to not give up, but to keep living for Him for the long haul. So why did I do that? It's a question of the heart that's worth asking ourselves on a regular basis. Understanding this reveals all other motivations to be lacking. Whether the motivation is genuine human need, our own feelings of guilt, or fear of punishment, or perhaps the prospect of reward, or even our own love for God, they will all be found lacking because nothing can compare to the compelling love of Christ. I encourage you to take the time to consider the staggering reality that God loves you, and then ask for His help to respond, compelled by the very love of Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your deep and steadfast love. Help us, I pray, to return often to consider your great love and then to respond because of what you've done for us. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for Let's Talk. Remember, come what may, nothing motivates like the compelling love of Christ.